This is the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, hosted by Nick, Dave, and Joe. Today's special guests are Jeff, a commie from California, and Kaiser, who fired a thousand rounds and killed no one. <laughs> Meme of the week actually went to one of our admins. So I'm not going to give that person any credit. I don't want to blow up it, but you guys got to pick it up. You can't let admins put the best meme on there for the week. That's you, know, you guys got to step it up. Uh, before we get into the soapbox, and I know Joe will touch on it more, but again, our mission is to help veterans in many different ways. Right? The first, the first one is to promote businesses. All right. Second one is to give, you know, people a place to hang out, talk. And then, you know, the PTSD and veteran suicide. Uh, Joe will touch on that. Dave will touch on that again. But I'm glad to have you all here. This is an awesome community. It's open to everybody. You know, civilians might want to try to understand the Army a little bit better, the Marines a little bit better, or the Air Force. They can come on there, ask a question. It's all, it's all good. It's all going to work out awesome. So cheers. Welcome, everybody. We'll get to the introductions here in a second, but let's have a good show. Soapbox. I can't stand, I just can't stand it when somebody who's in charge starts out a meeting and says, I know we're all type A personalities in here. That is simply 100% never going to happen. You just, not everybody's a type A. And the bad thing is, is there's nothing wrong with being a type B. A type B is somebody who's more rational, somebody who slows down, somebody who actually breaks things down. Right. There's a lot of stone cold killers that are super quiet all right, and can wait for days upon days. Now, type A, that's like me. Can't describe them. One, one minute we're quiet. The next minute we're freaking out because our time to us is more important than what you have to say. So if it's not good, I'm telling you to get on with it. So from now on, if you ever feel like saying, I know we're all type A's in here, just go ahead and punch yourself in the dick. That's all I need you to do, all right, because you're stupid, all right? Joe, I'm to you, buddy. My soapbox is, it's going to sound like we're driving home a point, and um, that's good because that's exactly what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, we wanted to start this a year ago, and we just were searching for the, the niche, like the groove to fit in, exactly how we were going to tweak it, and, and – all of a sudden it clicked with Nick and Nick got a hold of me that it was, you know, it was this like building this community and putting all these people together. Um, it had an instant and profound effect on all of us. I mean, there was people that I hadn't seen in 14 years last week on here and uh, that's therapeutic. And uh, just to, you know, you know, to get in a group of veterans that have been through something or that are, you know, yeah, we're going to talk some shit to you, but um you know, we're trying to build a community, and we appreciate the fact that we went over 1.3 on uh, Facebook and uh, one, uh, 1,300 members this morning. So um, keep telling everybody, because we're trying to build um, build a community that is going to focus on anything that we can do to help our brothers as far as um, the T-shirts are coming. They're already they're they're all ready to go, and uh, as soon as we can get this apparel site launched and do it the right way, um, I want you to know that the reason why we're doing this is because something from every sale we make is going towards 
the a veterans prevention of suicide uh, charity of our choosing. We haven't really got one to name yet, but, but you're, you're going to be part of something that's helping people. And the more people you tell, the more people we can end up helping. So um, I just wanted to reiterate that, that, uh, you know, that's our mission here is to put a community together, maybe make some money to help some people and uh, have a good time and drink some beer. So um, thanks for the support and uh, keep it coming, man. Tell everybody. Hey, great, great soapbox, Joe. You know, 17 suicides a day, I think, is the last stat from the VA. That's one too many, man. That's one too many. We're losing too many brothers and sisters. But anyway, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce Beckwith over here. All right, our special guest, special, special guest. Um, if you don't know Beckwith, or if you haven't watched Beckwith's honesty cap videos, you're about to find out who this guy truly is. Okay. Um, Beckwith did some time in the 82nd, um, became a black hat in Pathfinder School. Went to the 101st um, and then uh, went over to the special group. Special Forces is currently serving in the fifth group. Um, and I might add that Beckwith is the only reason Nick is Pathfinder qualified. So, anyhow, how's that back feeling, Beckwith? Over to you. That is a hey, well, a couple couple things. First thing, um, I had to go to the, uh, the VA not too long ago to start doing my medical stuff. And uh, good thing is, uh, that the uh, the VA has, has said that I have two claims for Nick, uh, both for my back for carrying him through Pathfinder School, and uh, and basically carrying him through uh, at least one deployment. So um, so that's good. I should get a hundred percent. The uh, the next the, this uh, this honesty cap thing has kind of got kind of got like three different things today. Uh, the 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 first thing I want to say honesty cap wise is. Uh, Man, this is the most uh, proactive thing I think I've ever seen uh, a bunch of veterans do to try to help each other out. And I think that's the uh, that that this whole veterans trash talk thing and uh, this uh, Saturday get together thing is uh, like I said, a lot of people like to bitch and whine and moan and not really say anything or uh, not really do anything to help themselves. Uh, and it seems like uh, this group of guys really actually wants to help themselves and help other people. I think that's uh that's pretty badass. Um as far as uh the uh the honesty cap thought of the day, um I've been thinking about it for the last week because I was told that I needed to bring it at, at for this uh for this little thing. I, I wanted to go off on, on vegans because uh they're horrible humans who try to fucking hide their shitty vegan food as like meat products and you don't see like carnivores doing that shit like you don't like fucking take cauliflower and say that it's some kind of like carnivore wing or some bullshit anyway but uh i was listening to news today i was listening to the uh corona talk and uh i really wanted to go with uh go with that one and uh yeah i think it's uh funny that we live in a uh, a country that uh, we worry about who the fucking president is and we worry about like who these representatives are from other like freaking states. But what we don't worry about is who the governor of our state is and who the local representatives of our state and are the people that actually have something to do with, uh, with our daily lives. Like Nancy Pelosi knows nothing about what's going on in Tennessee. If you look at Michigan, and you see those people who are uh, having to protest and carry guns to the Capitol 
and do all that shit because they live in a state where the governor is some like super crazy woman who doesn't want anybody to high five or touch or do anything. Um, like I live in Tennessee and this Corona thing has been inconvenient, but it hasn't been something that people are having to go like have protests and do uh do crazy garbage for. And then, uh, you know, you look at California and Michigan and New York where people are legitimately rising up against their, uh, their state governments. And I think, uh, the place that you're, that you're meant to rise up is, is at the, the voting ballot or at the voting booth. And, uh, you know, all of our issues can be solved just in our like local areas and they'll, they'll trickle back up anyway, just saying. That's the uh, the honesty cap thought of the day. I, I do have to say that he's 100% right that he's the reason I got into Pathfinder School. And not sure I even knew any type of algebra or trigonometry to pass it, but I knew Buddy was grading my papers. So if I'm ever doing a Veers jump for you, you're in big trouble because I got no clue what I'm doing. To be yeah. fair, I was, uh, I was a Pathfinder instructor. And if I'm doing a beer drop, you better make sure that there's a whole lot of fucking land because I'm just kind of fucking wild-ass guessing it. Yeah. I mean, I just put my fingers up like you taught me, and I tell the helicopter to release people. I don't I, – I, it happens. So part of promoting veteran businesses, something that's near and dear to me, it's a good buddy of mine. He's a paratrooper, an ex-paratrooper. He got out, went to California, went back home, and he started up working with muscle activation therapy. Or uh, treatment, excuse me, techniques. He'll say it doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way, he had to get out because he finally got proven to be stolen valor. He was at every deployment. He was someplace where nothing happened, and we would we would catch him saying stories like we talked about last week. Except he's putting his name in it, and it's like, dude, you were in Delta Company. You didn't do anything. But with us today is Jeff. And <laughs> talk about why you shouldn't get surgeries and how he's going to try to start a nonprofit for veterans. Go ahead, Jeff. Floor is yours. Yeah, first off, uh, nothing ever happened around me because I'm too beautiful to die and my bubble of beauty extends into really a battalion size element. So that's pretty much why nothing ever happened around me. Um, um, but uh, I'll give you a little backstory. Uh, I was I was in Deco, and uh, the I think the trip that Nick and I were on to Afghanistan there, uh, Deco did the most walking, probably by uh, magnitude of ten. Um, we did like 300, 300 miles in under in like twenty five days. So uh, why the why the hell are they having a Deco walk? I I have no idea. But anyways, that uh, doing all that walking coming from from uh, the Humvees to that walk and kind of broke me down a little bit. And uh, when I got out, I tried to play some college baseball and uh, I couldn't even sit in my car for more than 20 minutes without like serious cramping, you know, back hurt, couldn't sleep, all the, all the things that we say are normal um, as a paratrooper. Um, and one of the coaches kind of introduced me to this guy that did this thing called muscle activation techniques. Now it's a pretty new modality. It started about, around 2000 but the, hey, the big guy the big I, gotta, I gotta stop you real quick can you spell what you just said what modality 
because I don't think 90% of our page knows what that means. Uh, like chiropractic is a modality. Massage is a modality. Uh, it's just it's just another form or another slice of the pie of healthcare. Um, yes, yeah, still, still so, no idea what you're talking about, but keep going. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, I'm a Californian, you know, we have big vocabulary out here. We don't mean much, but we say a lot. So I started seeing this guy that did this muscle activation techniques. Uh, one of the big success stories is Peyton Manning. You guys remember he came back from that neck surgery and went to two Super Bowls. Uh, nobody had ever played sports after that kind of neck surgeries. So it was it was pretty monumental for him to do that. So I started with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it took about, took about six months to be almost completely pain-free. Um, I remember... One session went in, and my knee uh, was just killing the the uh, the VA. Of course, just gave me pills, and I went into this thing, and we worked on some stuff. And the knee pain has not been back since, and that's been about seven years ago. So, um, so it got me really interested in like I'm not even jacked up compared to uh, a bunch of other people that went through similar experiences. So, I decided that I would. I would uh, switch my career path in college and, and go to school for this. Um, I've been doing it for about four years now, uh, trying to start a nonprofit for veterans because I'm in California. Nobody wants to come out here. Um, so, so the idea is basically that you can go somewhere around the country because there's plenty of practitioners um, everywhere, and the nonprofit will just pay for your sessions. Now that um, what is that what does that really mean and what is MAT? Well, it's just a way of looking at the body really differently. You have tightness, you have pain, uh, something's causing that. And we try to figure out what that is. And it's really just muscles aren't firing very well because they've been for for us specifically, they've just been beat up on stress, trauma, and overuse are what shuts off muscles. So we try to reverse that trend. And the second that you, you opt for a surgery on the knee or a surgery on the back, that's just the first of many to come. And doctors will tell they, they won't tell you that up front, but that's of how it is. As soon as you get under the needle, as soon as they cut something open, they're changing stuff in there. I mean, I, I show my clients videos of surgeries, shoulder surgeries, where they just go in there, they cut all the muscles, and then they just staple them back to whatever, right? And it changes the way their arm moves. It changes. You, you can never go back from that. And I think we owe it to ourselves uh, to be able to the way that we want to after giving it up to uh, our country and our government for, for as many years as, as we have. So uh, the whole idea behind why I got into it, uh, it's a pretty powerful thing. Um, again, you, you can you don't have to have back pain. You don't have to have knee pain. Stuff you can get out of without without surgeries, without having to deal with it every single day. So yeah, where do you sign up? <laughs> okay, so there, if you want to find a practitioner near you at the moment, you're gonna go on muscleactivationtechniques.com. That's muscleactivationtechniques.com. Um, they have a page where you can find practitioners. There's pretty much one in every major city. Um, um, and you could go in there. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what everybody charges. My rates are California rates. They're probably much higher than a lot of other people. But again, uh, we're trying to establish a nonprofit that you can just go and those practitioners can just bill me. Um, so that's that should be done here by the end of the year, hopefully. 
Rodhead is asking, Pat's asking, he said he, he ruptured his Achilles two days before Thanksgiving. I had surgery. Any way you can help my recovery? So there's different levels of how we approach things. And uh, when I'm not there, I send videos to guys on, on what exercises can really help to loosen things up. Uh, Achilles injury is, is pretty, it's actually pretty simple. So um, I'll, I think I still have Broadhead's number. So I'll, I'll send him uh, a couple exercises he can do to help speed that thing up. Now for the, the main event. The Kaiser story, the Kaiser roof saga, as we'll call it. Now, he's going to tell his version, and if he nails it, then I'll just elaborate. But I'm pretty sure he's going to leave out a lot because it's quite embarrassing. Now, I don't think he heard the intro music, but the intro music is pretty spot on about what happened that night. With that being said, Kaiser, welcome to the show. Two-piece sniper. Reaper, was it uh, five? Reaper one. Reaper one, that's no, right. Reaper one. Okay, so Reaper one is going to give us a story of an awesome, awesome, stupid night. Go ahead. The floor is yours. All right, guys. So I was um, in first in Reaper one, and we were actually attached out of Brassfield, Nora. But what happened was is... We were sent in to replace Willis, Corvo, and Morley uh, to give them some refit time at Brassfield Moore. And so we were sent out into the city to basically take their spot. And normally we always, you know, left the wire with a three-man team, four-man team. So we were taking a four-man team, and uh, we took Nick with us. And um, we were to observe a gas station that supposedly gas was being stolen to then set up IEDs down up and down the road, or I guess wherever the gas station was going. We started fire from three or four different directions. And during, I guess, in the initial bursts of, of gunfire, my rifle scope from, I actually had, you know, I had a three alpha and then I had a mums on the end. And I guess the uh, mums fell off the end of the rifle. So while this was going on, I jumped down and I'm trying to look through the debris to find it. And I find it, I come back up, and they put me on rear security. Now, by this time, we're starting to receive fire from three different sides of this building, and we're trying to reach our uh, QRF to come and get us. And, of course, they tell 10, 15 minutes, and it was it was just a wild thing because we started getting chatter from a Kyla, you know, close air support to come in, and I guess they see that we're being, you know, shot at from three different directions from this OP, and... I guess Bennett was like gave him permission to um, actively engage troops on troops on the ground, and they came down and did a gun run. But uh, while this was all going on, you know, Usher stands up with his AT4, and I guess he says we were receiving effective fire to like our two o'clock, and he stands up, gets on. I mean, he gets on a knee and he goes to you know shoot the AT4, but he doesn't know that I think Nick was right behind him, and so like we had to Nick had to jump down and. Bennett was screaming at him, and Usher almost did the impossible. He turned with the, the AT4 and almost shot the building to the next of us, and then he stopped, and then he took an effective fire at a door, and all, all uh, you know, gunfire ceased. And it was just, uh, it was just crazy because first I was, ju I jumped off the hide site. 
I left where everybody was at, and I'm roaming around in this rubble pile in the dark while we're taking, you know, shooting. And I remember it was just a wild night. Nick probably remembers it a lot better than I do. I just remember that when we got back, Captain Ferris pulled us into his office, and he lit us up. He said, who gave y'all authorization to allow Catherine, to, you know? And I just remember Bennett saying, well, you know, I was the highest-ranking guy there, so ground commander has control. Unless you want to see four or five dead Americans, I did what I had to do to keep my guys alive. So, Nick, if you can elaborate better or tell some, you know, fun. I was, do you, I think you might remember this. Me and Usher almost got in a fist fight right before we climbed up on the roof because I'd been carrying that 240 ammo in my hand while carrying a sniper rifle. So I was, like, walking around the street, you know, with not even my weapon, you know, at the ready, just lugging around all these rounds. Just wild, wild west shit, man. Stuff that you, you know, you can't even, you don't train soldiers, but you just have to get it done because that was our mission, man. Plus, hey, we were pretty uh, cowboyish. Yeah, hey, Joe, Joe, you want to warn them real quick before I get started? Um, yeah, Kaiser, get ready because um, I don't know how loose the acquaintanceships has been with Nick, but uh, you're about to get a dose of what it's like to be his friend. So. If you screw up, um, Nick's got like an elephant's memory, um, and and he's gonna remember it in Technicolor. And uh, whew, get ready, cause I'm pretty sure he's got a live fire coming. All right, I'm right. you. Yo. It is what it is. The thing that he's telling is absolutely true. It was a it was a hellacious night. However, the story has yet to come unfold. It started out very accurate that we were giving uh, Josh's team some rest. And, you know, we talked about Josh last week and Tracy last week. So, you know, rest in peace, guys. We'll always talk about you. We love you. Uh, they, I was at E5, and they sent me with them because it's one of their first real missions in the city. So I'm, I'm kind of like going with them because I'm a machine gunner. And... Like we're going out with third platoon. I mean, with a third squad, which actually uh, Joe's and Britson's squad, and Joe's and uh, Dave's squad. So we, you know, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're running through the city. I got a, I got a 240. I got about 15 bottles of water, two, about 1500 rounds. He's got my other 200 rounds in his hand. You know, I'm dying here. I'm, I'm full kit, and I'm like, we're gonna die as soon as somebody sees us. We're gonna die because there's only four of us. <laughs> We're running around. It's like none of us, none of us, none of us can shoot back. I'm like, we're, we're we're screwed. We get to the rec center, and I'm like, thank God, right? We made it. Got into the courtyard. Well, true story. Him and Usher just start going at it. I mean, an argument, and it's I, I don't blame them because they haven't had much combat experience at the time at Brassfield, and they really didn't know what kind of city they were in, so. I grabbed both of them by the collar and I said, do you have any fucking idea where we are? Do you have any idea how many bad guys you're going to wake up and are going to kill us? I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, put your claymore up, do what your snipers do and get your ass up to the roof. So we get up to the roof, right? And I'm carrying all this heavy shit. I dump it. I take my kit off. I'm like, thank God. I open up one of my 15 water bottles, right? <laughs> and I, I'm about to take a sip of it. And I hear, hey, hey, control, control. And I'm like, what? 
They're like, hey, there's something over here. I was like, oh, shit, probably, you know? So I, 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 I climb up over the ledge of this roof and all these snipers and with all their cool guy shit and gear, they're, they're looking and they're like, right there, control. How come you can't see them? I'm like, where the, are you fucking lazy? I don't see what you're, what you're even talking about. You know, and so then finally more, you know, the, the team leader is like, oh, shit, he puts a three by on my nuts, you know, and I was like, oh, those guys. Yeah, like they're putting an IED on Celtics. And, you know, remember how he said in his story that he didn't know the road. Well, that's why I was there. I knew the fucking road. Right. So it's like, yeah, there's those guys are putting an IED on Celtics and Moore's like, all right, we're going to engage him. And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. And he's like, he's like, well, yeah, we're going to engage him. I was like. Listen, man, they're super far away. I was like, just call it up, call it up to the talk, and the talk's gonna, talk's gonna send it. You know, they're gonna we'll call in something on them. I was like, but they're too far away. I was like, maybe not for you snipers at nighttime, but it's pretty far away, like six hundred something meters. You know, and over in like another building. And so Moore's like, no, go get your two forty. I was like, hey, all right, hey, mission commander, like you said, on the ground. So I went and got my two forty. And he's like, hey, Catrill, I want, I want you to engage. I said. Okay, more. Listen, that's 600 meters that I have to fire a 240 from the hip because there, <laughs> there, there was a building that in between us. And I was like, I have to stand up. If I go in the prone, I, I'll hit the building. And he's like, I want you to engage. It's the most casualty producing weapon. I'm like, yeah, that's the ranger school answer. I got it. But again, we shouldn't even do this. I was like, as soon as we start shooting, we're, the, the whole city's going to know we're here. Like, so don't do it. Like we're not we're not shooting at them yet. Plus we had three adjoining OPs that were watching, and I'm I'm begging more. I'm like more. If you just wait three fucking hours, there's gonna be so many people to shoot right in front of us. Like they're literally gonna come out here and with like tricycles and and bells going off that they're gonna put in a bomb, and we're just gonna shoot them. Like we've been doing it for like eight months. Like it's gonna happen. So. He's like, no, we're gonna engage. I'm like, son of a bitch, you know. So he's like, but I, cowboy stuff, like he said. I was like, I'm standing here, you know. I don't know if I can get the camera to look right, but you know, I'm standing here. And I'm like, like this with nods on with a 240. <laughs> like I'm pressing the, the, the pack 15, and I'm like, you guys ready? And like the freaking lasers going up, and he's like, yeah, we're ready. And I'm like, bah! right. So I mean, I don't hit shit. Of course I don't hit anything. I'm not, I can't even see what I'm shooting at. But I, I blow through a 200-round belt. Okay. I run. I jump over the ledge of the roof. I grab two ammo cans, and I was like, oh, shit, we're getting shot at. And I was like, I'm going to put my kit on now because I was shooting without a kit on or helmet. And I'm like, I'm putting all this shit on now. And this, I've been teaching this lesson to all my soldiers for years after this day is the only positive thing that happened that night was Usher remembered his EIB and he yelled back blast area clear. And as I was coming up to the next edge of the roof, all I was looking into the back of was an AT4. And I hear back blast area clear. I was like, shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, not clear. And I jumped back down and I plugged my ears and I'm like, now you're clear. And boom, you know, you hear this AT4. Those guys never been on AT4. They look cool in the movies, but if you're around three of them, it's going to cause you brain damage in one day. Anyways, we now are getting shot at from everywhere. Kaiser looks at me and he's like, he's like, my scope just got shot. And I was like, well, shit, maybe you should put your helmet on, dude. And I was like, and it was just, it, it, was a, it was a mess. So exactly what I told Sergeant Moore is happening. 
now all the bad guys are waking up and now they're all shooting at us and i'm like shit and the qrf platoon was the worst platoon in charlie company so that's why it took them like 15 minutes and it, it kind of sucked because one of one of their guys got shot in the leg i think from the call we got him back into the gate onto a bird in about nine and a half minutes it took these guys 15 minutes to drive a click and a half down the road but Either way, we're getting all kinds of fucking lit up. Just, just crazy. And I'm not, I don't have the radio or anything like that. And all of a sudden I hear, wham, you know, this gun run come. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I'm like pumped. I'm like, this is going to stop the firefight real quick. You know, and then like, AT4 went through the door, gun run, you know, and then I hear, this break, 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 clear the net. This is Charlie 7. This is Charlie 6. He's like, I want to know who just cleared a, a freaking Kiowa hot in my city. And all you hear is ushers, this is Reaper One Romeo, that was me. And it, I, it was fucking great. So here's some specialist on the radio clearing a gun run. And old Charlie Six says, you guys have any fucking idea what you just shot at? And we're like, no. And he's like, that's the gas station, dude. Kiowa <laughs> run on the gas station. The entire, the entire mission was to protect the gas station and stop the people from stealing shit from it. And we call it a gun run on the gas station. <laughs> so we finally get extracted. This story keeps going. So if you guys can rewind a little bit, if you can remember that I said, I told Sergeant Moore, I was like, dude, just wait three hours. If you wait three hours, we're going to be able to kill a lot of people. Just please don't engage, right? So he, we engaged. We already went over that. So we get picked up. I'm fucking pissed, you know, because we just shot like 17 203 rounds and AT4, about 900 rounds out of my 240, 700 sniper rounds, and I, we probably like hit a fucking dog. Like, that's the only thing we fucking hit. So we, we get get back to the base and I'm sitting there cleaning my 240. I'm smoking one of my Miami's. I'm, I'm just, you know, like you guys, man, almost got me killed tonight. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to wind down and the sun's just about to come up. Right. And <laughs> any, any ranger knows that's when the enemy's coming. So sure as shit. All I hear is boom, boom, all this, all this stuff going off. And it's the other three OPs, you know, three hours later, like fucking clockwork. When I told more that if you just wait, Three hours. So in comes glorious second platoon, the best platoon ever, right? And then here comes third squad, and they're towing this car in that's all shot up, right? Brains everywhere, all this kind of stuff. And I grab Joe. Joe's on here. I was like, Joe, how, what happened, man? Where'd you guys shoot this guy? He's like, Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. The guys got out of the car. We missed one of them. They got in the car, and then they did a U-turn. Hey, Joe, why don't you tell them where they did a U-turn? Uh, Breck Center. Yeah, rec, rec, rec center, rec center, whole time. Rec center parking lot, Kaiser, yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, that is the beginning and the end point. Um, yeah, went down right there at the old rec center. Yeah, and then and then to to validate Kaiser because he's not lying. When I got back to the patrol base, you know the the CEO was like, "Hey, patrol, what the fuck?" And I was like, "I was like, I, I sorry, I, I didn't, I don't know what happened." Like, I just started shooting my 240. That's all I remember. You know, and I walked away. So <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. But 
Yeah, so Kaiser, would you like to talk about that at all? Is like, does that does that story ring a bell? That story is a lot more entertaining than mine. Um, I will clarify that I had been in the city prior when I was with Morley and Willis, so I had worked as their fourth man for a while, and then we, my team came in. And Bennett and Moore really hadn't been in the city as much as I had. So, And re remember, I was a sniper. I didn't really pay too much attention. Remember, I was also the only Ranger qualified guy in the sniper section. So for me, I just tried to uh, do my job and uh, come back home. And, yeah, we did some Wild Wild West stuff. But uh, definitely was a crazy experience because I remember after that, I think we weren't allowed to go outside the wire for like a week. <laughs> and they put me and 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 the, the worst part was is that Ferris came back and he told Bennett that one of us had to pull guard for the next week. He and was so mad. <laughs> so me and Moore were out there up on guard and shit, and we're just you know we hated it because we were scouts. We didn't pull guard anywhere, not at Brassfield, not at you know Uvani. We you know we were they you know we were the the battalion commanders, special guys, and. uh we just special. did it differently. Special that team was, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, but Buddy's still on the net here. And so Beckwith, he's terrified right now. He's driving. He's sitting in his car. He's like, I, I just, I pray to God. I pray to God they don't bring up Bravo coming. Right? Because he is right. They did start Charlie Company out to a good success. But Bravo Company literally went to Spiker. They spent that entire deployment at Spiker. With a great chow hall, with a great chow hall. Yeah. A great, great six They had chow. everything. That, I mean, they had bus routes. Like, you could get on a bus, you know, and you could go somewhere. And we're sitting here pooping in wood boxes, you know, all this kind of stuff. Not, not true at all. It, it is. All you need is 10% truth on this, buddy. So, I understand. I, I understand my buddy. Are you done running your suck yet? Are you done running your suck? Let me make my because first of all, Bravo Company did not stay at Spiker the whole time. We were the uh, entire country's QRF. We went to uh, a bunch of different places. Adwar. We went to uh, Bakuba. Little town called Bakuba. Yeah, we were in Bakuba too. You know, no big deal. Anyways, so. Yeah, no big deal. I didn't deal. see you there. I didn't see you there while we were clearing that entire town. We came to clean that shit no, up after you guys left. The guys you didn't catch. Anyways, so the to finish my point about travel company is I just remember finally going to this luxurious chow hall and there's Beckwith. You know, and I kind of thought, like I said, Beckwith was a legend to me. All right. He was he he I think he's kind of motored down to a type B personality, but he used to be kind of type A. So he just drew he just drew all the attention to himself. And I was a young soldier. I get, I get in this chow hall. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Steph Armbeck. You know, and then there's Vito. Vito and I were good friends. So I'm like, I'm going to go talk with Vito, man. I'm going to say hi. You know, and these guys had probably put on about 15 pounds. And I'm not talking about the, the steroid rip that all the Brassfield guys put on. I, I'm talking <laughs> about 15 pounds. I ain't done shit in the last eight months except eating this beautiful chow hall with lobster tails, right? And he starts talking about how special they are and how, how, how good they are. You know, and to prove a point, the worst our battalion ever got was at the point where, you know, we went to JRTC and failed miserably. And they switched our deployment to an area that wasn't getting shot at. 
and then he, that was in uh, 09. And even then they stuck Bravo company to guard a garbage dump. Like they, they, they were like the worst freaking company in the worst battalion in the army at the time. The only, the only good thing was, it was a, the only good thing. It was a nice garbage dump too. It was, yeah. Yeah, and they got shot at once, I think. And that was pretty cool. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where was Charlie Company during that deployment? I think Beckwith, uh, we were the main effort, actually. Charlie Company was the decisive operation for the clearance of Route Pluto's and the security of it. So that that was actually what we were. It's not a big deal. VO for two deployments in a row. Now, you have you have something to do with that. Uh, your, your mic's muted, which is a good thing. So, like... Uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remind me, were you not at Fob Loyalty with a fucking? We used to go there to visit so that we could go swimming. Like you were just talking about chow halls. We were eating diesel fuel gravy while you motherfuckers were like, we would steal food from Charlie Company because well, that was the only actual food. Now that was Delta Company there, and uh, actually we were at Baladia before they built it up. So we are. <laughs> Our platoon got dysentery because all we would eat is fish from the Tigris and then falafels, right? Delta Company was supposed to give us food, and Jeffrey over there and his whole freaking company didn't bring us food for three freaking months. Now, it's the best part. The best part about this is we make fun of Dave for being a German rapper, right? But in all of his David Hasselhoff gloriness, he. He actually made good friends with a very powerful man because of his gangster German rap. So when that guy came to Belladia, she was like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, well, I'd be good if I had some hot food. And he's like, well, when did you have your last hot meal? He's like, I don't know, three months ago, right? And he gets on the radio and he calls, <laughs> he calls out the company. And he's like, give me the XL. Like I said, it's a powerful guy. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but they liked him because they rap together. He he said, hey, you don't get to eat anything until Charlie Company gets hot food. If they don't, then, then you can go eat again, right? So magically, we had food the next day. That was great. You know, that was, that was a cool thing. So, no, buddy, uh, we were not sitting there at the swimming pool. I wish we were. But, again, Charlie was the it, We were out in the fight, right? And we weren't even eating. And I don't know if any of you ever had dysentery. What fight? said that our battalion was so bad that they put us someplace where nothing was happening. But we we were still the DL while Bravo Company was guarding a garbage dump. And like, you're talking about the, you're the, the lead effort for nothing. That's like that's I say that my butthole is the lead effort for taking a shit. It's still just dropping out of my ass. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I understand why you want special forces because you wanted to finally get some action. You've been in the army for like 21 years. And the only gun you fired was like at OP-13. And I, I got it. You were, it was killing you. It was killing you. I don't think I've ever seen Buddy Beckwith, the legend, on the ropes quite like he is right now. 
And I kind of like to see I'll, that. I'll tell you. Uh, it's. I'll, I'll tell you that uh, that that while in Bravo Company, we did do a whole lot of uh, secret. Well, our ops were just real black. We couldn't tell you guys about them in Charlie Company. We were told by the battalion commander to keep it on the download because you guys would get jealous of all of our uh, our ops. Our ops are real black. They were they were super black. Okay, so we made fun of Beckwith enough, maybe not enough, but but again, he's a great American. He went to go do something bigger and better because he hadn't experienced it yet. Uh, you know, Ranger was it for me because I had already pulled the trigger a bunch of times and shot a bunch of people in the face, and I, I really didn't need to go anywhere else to do it. Uh, Kaiser Kaiser helped out a lot with that. Hey Joe, Joe, you want to tell us about that that red car that uh, Kaiser's team didn't allow us to smoke? Wait, hold on. You talking about the one we pulled in? Yeah, the car that made a U-turn right in the rec center parking lot. Oh yeah, we. Uh, I think I was. I, I, it was the same deal. I, every time I went down to get a bottle of water, when I was done pulling security, it was like the kiss of death. I was just talking to my dad about it. Um, same thing as you. I, I, I just cracked uh, my last can of soup because we've been out there for a minute, and Luke, he throws a pebble at my boot. And I look over, and they're, like, waving me over. And uh, sure as shit, the car had been shooting. It drove past us at the speed of smell and made a left like it was driving Miss Daisy and drove straight away from us real, real slow. So Lukey with, uh put one shot through the headrest of the car and uh one shot and the car starts going all over the place and you know that was the end of it we lit the car up and um but that was the red car kaiser he had a no no window in the back and they were shooting at ops so i who was the lieutenant that came and picked us up with qrs because we searched over there at the gas look never never look never heard of them i'm just saying we were on an op in the city and um you missed and we didn't and that's all right it's okay. Right. You I know. do believe I have, let's see, I have a bronze star for a confirmed kill and a wounded, don't I? Oh, that's right. Sniper action. Well, your award from the show is being made as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could go into an awards thing, and I know Beckwith would have a lot to say about that because all of the medals they got were just from what we did. Uh, and it was... Like uh, Jeff, Jeff, why don't you tell us about some of the size of them craters on that MSR that you, you used to deal with? I will give you guys some credit. You had to deal with those. Yeah, I want to I want to push back a little bit first on you, Nick, on uh, on that uh, Eastern Baghdad deployment because Careful. you said you guys Careful. were you guys said you were the decisive operation, but we had to bring you food, which was such. We had to go to the Chow Hall and then take it to the MRAP and then drive it like. Half a mile to you guys? That's a lot of work. And uh, that's why we like did one out of every 10 days. And then, so that's pretty decisive, I would say. Secondly, um, you know, my platoon released uh, Bashar al-Baghdadi from prison. So uh, that's a pretty decisive bop, I'd say. Yeah, you should, you should go into that. I, I can't... Hey, I can't can, I, can, can I personally, as a... Uh, can I, as a fifth group guy, tell you thanks 
Thanks for uh, releasing that, yeah. motherfucker. Appreciate it. No, 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 no. This, yeah. This is a, this is a true story. Thanks. We can't talk about it, but Jeff's going to talk about it. Jeff can officially talk about it. I can't. So go ahead. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, we were on the uh, we were on the official. My platoon from Deco got got pulled into to uh, the Z Man's uh, like personal guard because we had this big blonde American. And it was an awesome LT, so he loved it. We wanted him around. And uh, we would go down and grab prisoners while we're still, like, getting blown up and uh, uh, grab prisoners and release them in our in our sector. And I get into college, and I'm researching ISIS, uh, and this is after the fact. And I find out that, like, my platoon released Bashar al-Baghdadi. I was part of that. And I was one of two dudes that would we would do, like, we would search him before we put him on the public transit and escort him back. And I was one of the dudes that was like searching dudes. And I just always think to myself, maybe I was the guy that just did a little too hard credit card swipe on this dude, like F America from there. And I, I like sent him over that because I probably got a couple fingers in there. Pretty, 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 you know, just to make sure. And it's like, damn, did I start ISIS? It's something I think about every night. I mean, I'll let, I'll let uh, Buddy get on that one, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you are, I mean, you are from California, and when you listen to the intro song, it'll make more sense now. Uh, you did start <laughs> You did. So, Buddy, go you ahead. Suck. What is what you suck. to say about El Baghdadi and uh, Delta Company for creating ice? <laughs> hey, you know what? <clears throat> yeah, I kind of overreacted there for a minute, and I was like, well, fuck, we should have just shot him right fucking then. But, you know, I got a lot of per diem on that that trip I did in Syria, and uh, you know what? <laughs> Thanks, man. I I do appreciate it. Um, I also appreciate all of the uh, the 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 late nights in uh, weird fucking middles of nowhere in Syria. But uh, you know what? Delta Company was its own little beast back then. You guys didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know. It's not your fault. <laughs> it certainly wasn't my fault. Jeff, it's always a pleasure. We're going to put his information up. Trust me, if you have any type of service-related injury, before you get a surgery, please call Jeff. Uh, he worked on me with a, you know, my vertebrae almost crushed, almost completely crushed. And he was able to get me standing back up and swinging the golf clubs again like that. So come see him. Give him a call. He's going to give you some advice about what to do with your body as far as, like, your injury, your service-related injuries. And, Kaiser, hey, man, we went to war together. Loved having you there. Uh, just wish we could have killed some people earlier in the morning uh, when, when, I, when I said we would. And then, and then buddy, we're, we're going to get some fan feedback on your honesty cap and then see how that goes. Uh, and maybe we'll bring you back on because I'm pretty sure nobody really wants to hear about the Bravo company stories because they're ours. Uh, go ahead, Dave. No, we're good. Hey, thanks for coming on, guys. Hey, all trash talkers out there, hey, keep supporting us. Go ahead on YouTube, all right? Um, we got a couple subscribers, but we need to grow this channel so uh, it can get pushed out. You can also follow us on IG, so go ahead and subscribe on IG. Just look for Veteran Trash Talk. It's right on there. Again, guys, we're just trying to create a community, all right, to, to, to help our brothers out, all right? Promote veteran businesses. And then like Joe was talking about at the very beginning, the veteran suicide rate is freaking insane. Like legitimately, if you guys look up the stats today, it's 17 a day. 
that's a hard pill to swallow. So if our show, if we can save one life, fucking mission accomplished. All right. So keep sharing us. Get the word out. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on. Thanks for watching. And uh, Charlie Company's second platoon is still the best. It is, Dave. Is there one? Was there one more thing you want to you talk? You know about? it is, Dave. The one, the letter you got. We'll bring that up next time. Okay, next time. Okay, we'll we'll next time. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are impacting lives, guys. So the more you share, it's beautiful. Thanks for coming out, guys. Had a blast with you. Ha, 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 ha.